Alright, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. Okay? And I mean that this week, potentially more than others. Absolutely cranking episode inbound. Rowan Arneal returns in the second half. I think we could all agree that last week's episode lacked a certain amount of toxicity that the great man brings. So looking forward to that. Also, new studio, brackets my bedroom. Okay, it's a real studio, back off. It's my podcast, it's the last time I'll say it. Okay, it is the last time I'll say it, dude. But sorry for being a bit standoffish. We have a big retraction out the gate this week. Uh, Maybe the biggest of the year, and there has been, I think this is the fourth. But last week, I was speaking at length about this city of Canberra, this nation's alleged capital, and the fact it has no sporting teams. And I got a plethora of messages, mostly from guys named Brett, uh, saying that Canberra does in fact have sporting teams. And here's the thing. I knew they had the... ACT Brumbies, or the I think they go by the ACT Brumbies, in the uh, Super 15 Rugby Union competition, which I'm led to believe still runs in 2023. I remembered the Brumbies, but I was pretending not to, just to be a dick, okay? Have, for comedic effect, if you will, okay? Bit of smoke and mirrors, what's behind your ear? Oh, it's the ACT Brumbies, okay? I'll put my hand up. I honestly legitimately completely forgot the Canberra Raiders existed. If you're to the 17 people who enjoy this on the Restless JPEG each week, my hand is up, okay? I honestly completely forgot that happened. They existed. And I'm a South fan and we literally poached Jack White in last week. So complete brain fog there. I don't know if maybe I was just recording too early in the morning or I just don't respect that club as a franchise. Either way, I did forget them. I apologize. My hand is up. Official retraction. Okay. Then, only a couple of blokes messaged me about this. Another retraction. And this one is a lot more shocking than the previous. This one is something that could really shake the foundations of the pod itself. Because let's be honest, guys. Yeah, I forgot the Canberra Raiders last week. Am I the first person in existence that was guilty of doing that? I don't think so, dude. I think there's people who live in Canberra and are avid rugby league fans who probably rock up halfway through a season and think, fuck, I'd love someone to support. And then they see some weird guy wearing a Viking hat and they go, that's right, we're coming 14th. So let's put that to the side. Everyone's forgot the Canberra Raiders now and again. What I did forget to do last week is way more egregious and way more crucial to the very ethos of this pod. Last week, I failed to say what a time it is to be alive truly. And the problem with that is, if I don't say it, how do you guys know that it is in fact a time to be alive, comma, truly, okay? If I don't clarify that it is in fact a time to be alive, that pretty much opens the door for any sort of physics-related multi-dimensional type shit happening if you don't fucking clarify the time and space in which you are podcasting the whole podcast is lost so i apologize for that there was a few 
couple of really uh, despondent, desperate men in my DMs saying, what time is it, Bill? What time is it? Okay. And I can now fully clarify that it is, in fact, a time to be alive. So sorry about that. Sorry to the Canberra Raiders. Sorry to my parents for continuing to pursue this career. <laughs> but yeah, dude, it's all happening. Bit of admin off the rip. Wollongong this Saturday, May 6. Come on down, guys. Nice little theater there. Then I got Adelaide, May 13. Sydney, biggest show of all time, May 18. Come on out. And then I'm um, tools down for the year. So they're your last chances to see me. And then, I don't know, I'll probably look at booking several Kentucky tours back to back because that's the, that's the kind of piece of shit I am, okay? But anyway, guys, I live in the city now. You know, if, if you're feeling an extra edge coming through the pod, if you're thinking, hang on a minute, where's our laid back beach boy, Billy? Ha ha ha, he's dead, okay? He's dead. I now am in the rat race. I'm out to... I don't look at my fellow humans as friends anymore. I look at them as rivals, people I can beat in, an, in a quantifiable way. That's how I live now, you know? I walk through the central business district and I'm not there by accident, okay? I'm there to conduct business in a central location. So I'm a city boy. Dude, literally, I had a great Surrey Hills city moment my first day here. I walked to work on Friday, I want to say. Is that correct? Double check that. Friday, I walk to work out the door. I go out. I take a right. I'm walking down the tram line. I'm feeling great. I'm living La Vida Loca. I'm whistling, but I'm also keeping my eye out for opportunities and or rivals. And then this homeless guy starts, well, he's not homeless, but you know those guys where it's like, this guy's not homeless. He has a home, but... How long is he going to hold on to that? You know what I mean? His track pants are around his nipples. His socks are up by his knees. He's the most aerodynamic man I've ever seen. His, his chin sort of... His chin's moving at a different rhythm to his teeth somehow. You ever see a man whose chin is working independently of his mouth? That's the sort of thing I was dealing with at 8.30 a.m. on a Friday morning as I made my way into the world. And this is such a great... Great city moment. Love living in Surrey Hills, dude. This guy goes, do you want to suck me uh, Suck me dick is what he said. And then, and then I said, what? And he said, do you want to suck on me dick? And I said, oh, no. And I just thought, wow, that's great. That's such a progressive city moment that you don't often get in some of the more conservative suburbs that I've lived in previously, you know? So it was great to be a part of the vibe. Do you want to suck on me dick? What a launching pad for a great day, you know? But then I said no, which was which I admit was poor from me, okay? Once again, my hand's up there. Retraction, third retraction of the episode. I failed to suck this almost homeless man's dick last Friday. And... And... Uh, <laughs> but what about this? This is the part I took issue with. Then he goes... Uh, what did he say? <laughs> this, so I said no, and he goes, he goes, all right, you fucking poof. And it's like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to have to stop you right there, sir. All right? And I'm, you know, I'm a freewheel and free spirit in the city. I'm as progressive as the next man. But I would argue that if you want me to suck your dick, that would, in fact, make you the poof, sir. 
okay? And I didn't have time to get into, into the semantics of this man's threat. Uh, like I said, I was on my way to my casual vocation. But my God, dude, people are just operating on another, on another planet here, you know? Here in the city, you can have a man sort of more or less ask you to suck his dick. And when you decline, that makes you gay. So, you know, one day at a time, I'm learning as quick as I can and enjoying the process. Privileged to be here. (laughs) But speaking of dating, guys, we got a new dating term coming in hot. I love these. They're so fun. And someone sent me uh, a new one that was on Triple J, The Hookup. To be honest, I think Triple J, The Hookup are pretty responsible for... these terms gaining any sort of traction in Australia whatsoever. So I think that one was called pocketing, whatever. We'll get into that next week because I already had one to go for this week. It's called zombieing, zombieing, like you're a zombie, but a verb, okay? Now, this is like ghosting, but it's the opposite. It's where someone ghosts you and then they come back from the dead, re zombie, okay? And apparently there's two types of zombieing. There's genuine exes and then there's just people you sort of casually hooked up with, okay? Now, this is the opposite of ghosting. It's when people come back after an extended period of time. So I read that. I thought, isn't that good? You know, they've come begging. They've come crawling back. Okay, I love getting zombied. It's my favorite thing on the planet. When some chick from uni hits you up three years later, it's like, well, 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 Alicia, Look who wants to hang out after fucking Communications 103 now, huh? Well, 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 indeed. So I thought it was actually quite a positive thing, you know? When when I've been zombied in the past, I just... My ego just blows up like a balloon. I love it. I think there is no amount of time on God's green earth where this girl might not one day still be thinking about me in the future in some fleeting moment, regardless of what context her life has put upon her that would make her think of me, you know? Fresh off a breakup, almost always. But still, it's nice to be thought of. That's what I think when I get zombied, you know? Uh, but apparently, it's actually quite a negative thing. It's quite manipulative. Um, and here's the thing with getting zombied. People say, I saw in the articles, there a lot of people will say, why would someone zombie you? Are they trying to get back with you? Are they trying to uh, manipulate you? Are they trying to stroke their own ego to see if you still like them, okay? Now, I personally, when I saw this zombieing thing, and and I would say that from a man's perspective, if I could provide that on this platform, uh, I would say that most blokes, if if you're one of the seven chicks that listens to this podcast and you get zombied by some guy, I'm doing the quote marks for zombieing because it's the dumbest word ever, uh, if you get zombied by some bloke, I would say nine times out of ten, I can only speak for myself. I would never, ever, ever have the gall to speak on behalf of the male gender, even though I think that if we were to elect a leader, I would probably be in the top three worldwide. Nevertheless, I think that to the ladies out there, if you get zombied by some bloke, it's usually, I would say nine times out of ten, it means they haven't had sex for six months. Okay? That is not... That is not a zombie. That is a very alive man on a dry streak, ladies, okay? He's, he's not back from the dead. He's sexually parched, okay? So I'm pretty sure that's all it is with this zombieing stuff. I don't want to speak out of school 
And maybe it's the same for, for the gals. Traditionally, when I've been zombied in the past before by a woman, they've almost always just broken up with their boyfriend. Um, but yeah, I think I think if you're getting zombied by a bloke, it probably just means he didn't get out much over the winter and, uh, and you know, he's, his hinge profile is not really providing the goods. So that's what I would look into there if you get a message from someone you haven't slept within two years. I would say most of the time, it's not that you've done anything particularly special that would entice them into becoming part of your life once again. Almost always, I would say, it's just that they haven't had sex in a while, you know, and they're sort of winding back the Rolodex to see if someone from 2017 might be able to fix this situation they found themselves in, okay? That's just what I looked into it. That's what I gleaned from it. Um, I personally think getting zombied is an absolute pleasure. Because they come crawling back from the dead, as it were, from your past. And then look at me. Look at, this is a man in the driver's seat. I can either brush you. I can, you can get the green light. Come on over. What's doing? I think getting zombied is, if, if zombied is a, a dating trend, I think this is one of the more positive ones we've seen. I would, I welcome any zombieing whatsoever. I was trying to think before if there was a woman, I would not want to zombie me. And I don't think so. Maybe I'm thinking of one now. Maybe two. I'm thinking of one because she zombied me like three times already. Does that count? There's probably, yeah, I don't know. But I'm thinking, honestly, like girls from the past play on, you know? I really, I think this is one of the more positive dating trends we've seen. Um, I don't know if that's an extremely toxic view or I'm not really understanding the concept. But I think, play, like ghosting, I understand why ghosting is negative. Because it's like someone was there and now they're not there. That's sad. But with zombieing, I feel like someone was not there and now they're there. Play on, you know? Play on. Okay, up next, guys, we have some truly harrowing news. The Mazda Metro is dead. And this isn't like all the other times the old girl died. Excuse me. Excuse me, I'm just breaking down in tears. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, guys, bands aside, the Mazda Metro is a cube. The Mazda Metro has been turned into a metal cube. Its new address is Cube City. And we're going to miss the old girl. Vale Mazda Metro. I'd like to just give a bit of a eulogy for the old girl. Went off to the records on Friday. Unfortunately, she only had two months of registration left. And uh, also, it's about 27 years old. Yeah, too much in the hole, okay? Too much in the hole with the Metro. Had to go. End of an era. We farewell a hero, you know? A real shame. So I'd like to give a bit of a eulogy for the Metro, just looking back on some of the great times, some of the negative times as well that were eventful nonetheless. Uh, first time, The first time the old girl broke down on me, uh, I was working at Westfield, didn't start, got to work, but like barely got to work. I knew something was off, but I didn't want to hear it. Then when I was leaving work straight to a gig, uh, sorry, no, I was going to drive home, then drive to the gig. The old girl didn't start, issue with the alternator, had to call NRMA, no good, had to get it towed. Then I had to get a bus straight to my gig and MC a comedy night in my Westfield car park office uniform. Highly embarrassing, okay? But I thought, hey, that's just life, 
You know, you roll with the punches. You you get knocked down 10 times, you get up 11, etc. I thought this was a mere speed bump on what would otherwise be an extremely banterous and fun time driving this automobile. Oh boy, that was that was merely a sign of things to come. I remember I, a few weeks later, I got a letter in the mail saying the ignition had to be recalled and it was actually, there was a small chance it could blow up each time I started the car. I later lost that letter and never got the ignition fixed. Each time I went to Woolies, taking my life in my hands. Then there was the probably the worst breakdown of all when I was coming home again from a gig over the Harbour Bridge. Just as I get onto the bridge, the engine just cuts out. 9.30 p.m. on a Friday night. It's busy, okay? Engine cuts out completely. Never see anything like it. I come to a stop right in the middle of the har- middle lane of the middle of the Harbour Bridge. So stressful, dude. I put the hazards on. Also, I'm like 20 or 21 at the time. You know, I wasn't the chiseled world warrior man with 27 breakdowns under his belt you see before you. This is back when you break down, it sort of freaks you out a bit. And I remember I called my mum and it was so scary because cars couldn't see me. I was sort of on the ridge of the bridge, as it were. And cars couldn't see me. They would come like up behind me at like 90 k's an hour. And then they would see my hazards and sort of swerve at the last second, choosing to almost kill the person in the lane next to me over myself, which I, I did think at the time, thank you, you know, thank you so much. But it was stressful because like every 15 seconds, this would happen. And there's signs on the Harbour Bridge that say, stay in your car. We will pick you up. Don't do anything. Okay. That's great. But I think that is predicated on a bit of urgency from the tow truck guys. I don't know if someone had nipped out for a Zinger box in the office, but it took them about 20 minutes to pick me up. It was fucking terrifying, dude. 20 minutes of almost getting rear-ended at 90 k's an hour every 20 seconds. Fucking horrifying, dude. So I called my hazards on, call my mum. This is still to this day, I think, the worst advice anyone has ever given me in my life. My mum said, get out of the car and walk to the side of the bridge, okay? There's nowhere to sort of, the pathway, you got the train tracks on one side and a path with barbed wire on the other. You can't get over that. Either side of my car is cars whizzing past at 80 k's an hour. And my mum said, get out of the car. I'd be a pancake if I followed Jenny Darcy's advice that day, okay? So lucky to get away from that one. I was eventually towed. Then there was the time I slept in my car. I used to sleep in the metro all the time. And one time I woke up, I had drained the battery by... I didn't know if you slept with the heater on all night. It would drain the batteries. When the NRMA guy came the next morning, he said he'd worked for NRMA for 23 years. He had never seen a battery drained that dramatically. So we're breaking records together, babe. You know what I mean? There was the time it overheated when I was driving through Sydney Uni on my way to a gig and all the uni kids were judging me as as the the steam came out the front of the engine and I thought, fuck, I'd just love to flog one of these kids, you know. I was only about 24 at the time myself but still, I thought, you know, I didn't like it. Um, I remember some Indian kid with glasses was like laughing at me and he, he said something to his mate and I knew it was about the car and I thought, ugh. That, that piece of shit, dude. So there was that time. There was the time, this was like last year, I broke down coming up a hill. You ever broken down up a hill? That's interesting, dude, because now you're thinking, how far up this hill will I get? 
So I broke down halfway up a hill, but then sort of just rolled. And it was like out of a movie. I rolled just to the very top. I just barely got to the red light at the very top. And immediately I put the hazards on and I was in luck, right? Because I was in the right-hand lane at this red light, big intersection, big intersection, about two minutes from where I, I used to live. And luckily for me, there was a left lane that you could also turn right in. So everyone could just turn right around me on the left lane. Um, that didn't stop maybe four to five absolute cunts sitting behind me, beeping the shit out of me. I have my hazards on. The hazard lights are there to indicate to you that I am a hazard, okay? Go around. That's what these lights indicate. I'm not having a fucking disco party at this red light, okay? You know? Five guys like just sat behind me beeping me with my hazards on and then gave me the finger and abused me on the way past. And it's like, what did you think I was doing, lads, okay? What did you think I was doing? I hate it when people... When something goes wrong for someone and people act like nothing's ever gone wrong for them, you know? Some like fucking... Also, I hate it when like um, like one of the guys who gave me the finger was like 43 and it's like, dude, that means you've been a piece of shit for like two decades. That's crazy, okay? That is insane to me. Like when, when someone in their 40s or above is a piece of shit to me, I just want to pull them aside and be like, you've been a cunt for over two decades. Just let it go, you worthless piece of shit. So angry, dude. So angry. Anyway, the old girl actually ended up kicking and I got it I got it to a mechanics around the corner. So that was all right in the end. Um, sorry, I'm like, sorry for getting so angry. I'm having like PTSD to these events, mid-eulogy, you know? This is a bit more fiery than, uh, than my pop's eulogy, I'll tell you that, hey? <laughs> um... And then there was the last time, probably the most harrowing, actually, you could argue, when I was just the other week driving back from Penrith opening for Blake Pavey. Weirdest thing, I don't know what happened. Uh, it turned out the PK belt snapped. Double check that. That's what the NRMA guy told me. But anyway, all the lights went out and um, the engine was like still running, but I was driving, I was doing like 100 in pitch black with cars coming up behind me. They couldn't see me. And I just had my phone light on in the car, just doing 100. And then eventually it conked out. And I had to get towed not once, but twice. Got home at 1 a.m. And also got a flat tire somehow as well. I don't know how. Got home at 1 a.m., woke up at 5, flew to Melbourne, 11 shows, 10 sold out. Don't tell your mum. She'll get jealous, okay? But that was the last time I got behind the wheel of the old girl. The last time I was sort of... My last moments with her were we're in a tow truck talking to an Arabian man at midnight on a Tuesday as he told me that he doesn't go to Manly because he's scared of the ocean. He thinks tsunamis might come. I told him they won't, but he, doesn't, he didn't believe me. So that was the, old, the last time I had with the old girl. Miss her, want to kiss her. A fantastic automobile that served me so well over the years because, you know, we talk about the breakdowns. We talk about the bad times, you know, the times stuff went wrong. The times I was, uh, you know, stressed beyond belief in genuine danger, you know, the times my life was put on the line. But let's talk about the good times, you know. No power steering or, or aircon for eight years, and this girl still powered across the East Coast. I went to Kiama, Newcastle like 25 times, Wollongong like 35. Um, I think I went to Orange once. 
I used to date a girl in Tamworth. I went to Tamworth in this thing like 10 times, dude. That's like five hours each way. Dude, five hours each way and the Metro would just chew it up. Just fucking chew it up. Unbelievable. Um, The time I took on a Tesla at a red light. You know, this was back when Teslas weren't really around yet. I didn't really understand what they were. And I remember I, I saw this guy in a Tesla and I thought it was one of those situations where two lanes at a red light. I was on the right, he was on the left. And there was parked cars ahead in the left lane. So he would have to gas me or file in behind once this thing went green. And I don't know if, you know, maybe I just had a romantic thing go south. Maybe I just bombed at a gig. But I looked at this son of a bitch in his Tesla. I thought, dude, you're about to get taught a lesson. You fucking Steve Jobs looking motherfucker, okay? Get ready to feel the burn of a 1999 Mazda Metro 121, okay? You're about to eat gravel, you piece of shit. Anyway, dude, holy shit. These Teslas, they're silent. It was like a spaceship took off, but it made no noise. It just teleported to like 50 meters in front of me. I was I was completely out of my depth, okay? I have not taken on a Tesla since, and I may never again, okay? So, yeah. Um, dude, I used to sleep in the Metro all the time. This was great. It actually made me seem like a really good clubman at my cricket club because I used to sleep in the Metro after Saturday night circuits at Manly Oval. And then multiple times when they brought in a women's team at Manly Cricket, multiple times I woke up at 10 a.m. in the Metro, hung over as hell, went into, into the Corso to get a coffee. When I came back, the under-16 girls team was playing. This happened like three weeks in a row. I was club captain at the time. A couple of the committee members thought I was there to support the girls. It made me seem like some sort of a, a, a future-looking, you know, progressive cricket legend. I was uh, at the forefront of the women's game. I was actually very hungover and confused. I didn't know we had a girls team. So that was some of the good times in the Metro. I remember another cricket time. The Metro got us there last minute. My mate uh, Tommy was supposed to drive us, but he was on his P's and he got in with like two hours sleep. He was still drunk. This was his second grade as well. So I called my mate Gaines and I said, I said, uh, mate, Tommy's too, too pissed. I'm on my P's as well. This is years ago. I'm on my P's as well. I'm on like three hours sleep. You've got to drive us. I'll be over. You've got to blow zero on your P's. And Gainsy was on his P's as well. And I said, mate, I'm on three hours sleep. Tommy's on two. You've got to drive us. And Gainsy goes, mate, fuck that. I've just walked in the door. I haven't slept at all. I said, holy shit. <laughs> so I drove, I drove the boys in the Metro mildly pissed to Dremoyne Oval. We lost outright, and one of the umpires pulled me aside for some of my behavior in the third session of the first day. And uh, yeah, just some of the good times, dude. Some of the good times. Shout out to the mechanic at French's Forest who passed the Metro the last three years. He actually burst out laughing last time I brought her in. And he was like, fuck yeah, dude, let's go again. So RIP to the Mazda Metro. I miss you, babe. I miss you. I want to kiss you. Uh, no one will ever replace you. And thanks for just never, ever giving up. I never gave up on you and you never gave up on me. And sad to see uh, the car go. And yeah, end of an era, dude. End of an era. This podcast is brought to you by our mates at Manscaped. Calling all men. It's time to mind your manholes with Manscaped. 
Everyone's aware by now that nose hairs are a major turnoff. That's why Manscaped upgraded to their brand new Weed Whacker 2.0. With improved blades and motor, you can feel the power of nasty nose hair annihilation in the palm of your hands. This improved Weed Whacker can now be found in their Performance Package 4.0 for no additional cost, lads. Save money and attack your nose and ear hair by going to manscaped.com and using code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, to get 20% off and free shipping. Lads, honestly, if you have nose hair in 2023, you need to grow up, okay? Whatever age you are, get older than that because that's that's weird, okay? No one's going to enjoy it. Uh, you're going to have a hard time getting oxygen and anything else you might need up that schnoz of yours. And it's it's really just... It's embarrassing. You know, I've been using these Manscaped products for ages now. They're so easy to use. I take them on the road with me. I love the Lawnmower 4.0. And now the Weed Whacker 2.0 is even better than the first one, which was already pretty sick anyway. So our friends over at Manscaped are helping you enjoy spring's air fresh air by using the Weed Whacker 2.0 on all your face hole hair. We love the Weed Whacker 1.0, as I said, but this thing's an absolute upgrade. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear trimmer uses a powerful 7,000 RPM motor with an improved steel blade system that upgrades the cutting performance from their first generation to better whack your weeds. Plus, the nose and ear trimmer comes with skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs. It's also cordless, rechargeable, and has a battery with up to 45 minutes of runtime. On top of that, if you can wrap your head around this, the Weed Whacker 2.0 will be in all Manscaped's tool sets, including the Platinum Package 4.0 and the Performance Package 4.0. So no matter what kit you pick, you will receive the new Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear trimmer. Let's face it, nose hair of any kind is a major turnoff. Let Manscaped be part of your daily grooming routine, ensuring no hair is ever out of place. It's time to level up your groom game. So save 20% off and get free shipping with the code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, at manscaped.com. That is 20% off, lads, and free shipping with the code DARCY at manscaped.com. From below to up top, get the best in grooming at Manscaped Shop. Okay, couple yarns from the week that was. I actually got some sick Anzac Day yarns from hosting two up. Um... But the Mazda Metro thing went super long. So maybe I'll do that next week. A um, couple of yarns just from Canberra. Thanks to everyone who came out to Canberra. I had a good little crowd down in Canberra. And uh, man, it was a really fun show. Interesting day. I picked Freddie up at 1 p.m. He's maybe the most violently hungover man I've ever seen in my life. As soon as we get in the car, Freddie just puts the seat in full recline and is just unconscious for the next three hours. He only woke up to eat uh, two, maybe three pies at Trapper's Bakery in Goulburn. And I hold nothing against him there. They're, they're fantastic pies. But we head down there. Um, Freddie wasn't that keen on staying at a hostel because I was like, I was like, mate, I'll get us a room. What do you reckon just about a hostel? Because, mate, I don't want to pay for accommodation if we're only there for like six hours, you know? And Freddie was like, uh, okay, fine. And I was like, sorry, mate, you're not opening for Carl Barron. You know, come on. And then he was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Who cares? I got easy. It'll be fine, mate. Don't worry about it. Dude, we roll into Canberra. Firstly, it's pouring rain. It's minus seven degrees. Why not? Why the fuck wouldn't it be doing that in Canberra? 
Thanks for coming. This is our capital city, by the way. Ha 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 ha. Guys, the joke's gone on long enough. But anyway, so Freddie wasn't that keen on the hostel, but I said, mate, it'll be fine. I love staying at hostels, honestly. I always think you meet some cool people. Um, you know, it's a good vibe. Play a bit of ping pong against a Colombian man. Um, anyway, we get in there. Um, the hostel room's completely dark. Also, our hostel key is on our phone. We had to download an app. I'm thinking, I know where this is going. This is going to end up with me going to the bathroom at 2 a.m., blind drunk, locking myself out of yet another hostel room because my phone's on charge or some shit. But anyway, you know when technology, it's like, yeah, this is cool, but also could you just give me the normal thing as well? They were like, yeah, your room key's on your on your phone. It's like, well, what happens when my phone runs out of battery or I get robbed or whatever, you know? But anyway, so we uh, we opened the freaking door, pitch black, except for a guy shaking and moaning in the corner in a ball, like sort of a laddie guy. Like, you know, when you stay at hostels and you're like, wow, this is so fun. All these German guys are uh, in Canberra for a week. This is so cool. Nice to meet you, Hans. And then you meet some other people at hostels and you're like, oh, so this guy is homeless and or a drug addict. And this is like his one night of accommodation for the week. And here's the thing, dude. I got no qualms. I wish every man the best on his uh, on his path on this world, okay? I would never wish ill on someone who's down on their luck. I will say that if you are in a hostel and you're sort of a, a junkie of sorts, maybe just pep up a bit when someone else comes in the room, you know? I don't mind if when the room's to yourself and it's pitch black and you need to you need to shake in a ball and moan for a bit just to sort of get through the shakes. That's your business. But, you know, when we come in the room, maybe just pep up for just two seconds just so you don't scare poor Freddy any more than he already is. But anyway, so I said to this boy, I go, G'day, mate, do you mind if we turn the lights on? And he goes, do you know what he says? He goes, yeah, dude, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Try to act cool. It's like, oh, so now you're chill. So now, now you're just a, a cool character up for whatever. We're not going to pretend you weren't just in a ball screaming, okay? So whatever. We go to the venue. I play this venue called the Smith's Alternative in Canberra. Played it last year. It's kind of like, well, it's alternative, you know? It's in the name. It's like a sort of a cafe wine bar type thing. They have, But they have like a, a live performance space, but it's all like couches and shit. I don't even know how to describe it. Like, they have bands on as well. There was a band on after me and I think a band on before me. And really cool room. I fucking love this room, dude. And they they make you have two Canberra openers, local openers, which I think is actually a good thing for the local scene. Um, but, yeah, it can be a bit dodgy. Last year, this guy in Canberra begged me to open and then just didn't turn up. So he's made an enemy for life, whatever that little cunt's name is. This year, one of the openers at 7.15, show starts at 7, still hasn't turned up. He said he was stuck in the car park. I go, what do you mean you're stuck in the car park? He's like, this old lady's parked me in. I go, get out of the car, okay? Your car's not opening for me. You are. But anyway, so we started a bit late. The crowd rocked up half an hour late as per. That's for the love of God, guys, please rock up on time. If you, just, if you want me to live an extra four years um, at the end of this thing, you know, it would be helpful for me if you could turn up on time. But once everyone got in the room, it was packed out by the time I got on there. And Freddie did a great job. The crowd was lovely. Another beautiful Billy Darcy, Reckless Pelican crowd. 
ever since Melbourne, where a few of the crowds were quite rowdy, uh, mate, Brisbane, Perth, Newcastle, Canberra, I want to kiss you all on the lips, you beautiful, polite people. It's, it was a really fun show. And at one point, all the lights behind me started going rainbow for no reason, like full-blown light show. And then the guy tried to fix it and he just turned all the lights off in the room and went completely pitch black in the middle of one of my bits. Okay. So I don't want to, I don't want to nitpick too much. I don't want to be a diva as it were, but when I'm two minutes into a five minute bit, all the lights in the venue going completely pitch black, you know, it's not great for my rhythm as it were. Um, but we ended up having such a fun show, met a lot of people after shout out to Brooke who seen me like four times. She usually sees me in Sydney. I forget why she was in Canberra, but um, thanks, Brooke, for coming out. And uh, yeah, it was just a great show. Really fun. We went out and got blind after. Just got like really drunk. Like I just got so, I got like embarrassingly drunk. I don't even know how. Um, Like I know how, but like, I don't know. It was just one of those things where it was like, it was like, am I 19? Like I had eight beers and I was like, (laughs) like, you know, so that was good fun. It absolutely poured with rain the whole time we were there and uh, we came back the next day and uh, it was really fun. So anyway, thanks to Canberra and I'll tell those Anzac Day yarns next week because they're, they're bumpers and I want to give them the time they deserve. But up next, a couple of topics to crack into. Uh, Albo, you know, the Prime Minister of this great nation. I had some hot political bits in my show. I said, Albo, more like, uh-oh, <laughs> So sorry to divide the room, you know. Sorry, sorry to uh, to go political there. But Anthony Albanese, he went to controversially over the weekend. He went to Radio Shock Jock. You know, I love I love the word shock jock. That just it probably just means you you're a bit homophobic or something, really. But Radio Shock Jock, Kyle Sandilands is getting married. Okay, now this is crazy. You know, Kyle's the king of radio, and. This was controversial uh, because Kyle is good friends with an, a number of a number of criminals who were attending the wedding, and people were saying it's a bad look for Anthony Albanese to sort of be m- m- rubbing shoulders with these criminals, as it were. Um, namely, uh, Johnny Ibrahim, Sydney gangland leader, king of the cross, as it were, king of the Golden Mile, was in attendance. Um, I would argue, my, me personally, I would argue that any criminal who's had not one but two TV shows made about them, dude, that's play on. Okay, are you hanging out? Are you hanging out with a fucking criminal or a, a TV star at that point? You know, if if Jordan Belfort, the real Wolf of Wall Street, turned up to my wedding, would people say, "What the hell, Billy Darcy's hanging out with a criminal," or would they say, "This is pretty cool, the Wolf of Wall Street is at Billy's wedding." I think Johnny Ibrahim has done enough for Australian television to cross that barrier. Um, I will say the great man, Johnny Ib, he's had a lot of plastic surgery done to his face and or hair. And I'll say this, doesn't look good, okay? I can't stress this enough. And I, and when it when this changes, my opinion will change with it. I am yet to see a man on this planet who's had plastic surgery done to their face where it isn't extremely noticeable and or looks bad, okay? If you see a guy where it's like, oh, has he had surgery done to his face? I didn't notice. That looks good. When when one man pulls that off, let me know. But until then, dude, I'm seeing these fucking... It, it, all, it looked like it was Johnny Ibrahim from a wax museum, but maybe the wax museum sort of 
it didn't burn down, but there was a fire, you know? Some of the statues were affected. The museum was only closed for like two days. Like they cleaned it up. But yeah, it looked like a wax museum where there was a small blaze. That's what Johnny Ibrahim looks like now. I don't think it's good. And as far as Kyle Sandlands having criminals at his wedding, I will say Johnny Ibrahim was one of the groomsmen. So it's one thing to have to have a criminal, a well-known criminal at your wedding, um, maybe on one of the outer tables or as a plus one. To have him as part of your inner, inner sanctum as a groomsman, that is another kettle of fish. Um, I don't know, dude. I feel like every wedding has weirdos. You know, I went to a wedding where uh, one of the guys at the wedding had murdered his wife. No bands. And people just knew to mind your P's and Q's around that guy because, you know, you might start something, but I get, I'll get i tell you one thing, that bloke is going to fucking finish it, okay? So if he asks you for a glass of white, you go get him one. Pinot Grigio or Savvy B, my very dangerous friend, okay? So every wedding has weirdos. Um, but I understand that maybe it's not the best look for the PM, old elbow, you know? People were saying that he wants to win over voters by showing his friends with Kyle Sandilands. Uh, <laughs> honestly, if anyone's basing who they vote on by Kyle Sandilands' opinions, um, firstly, I think Bob Catter would be our Prime Minister. I'm pretty sure Kyle Sandilands has some some pretty wild views. And secondly, I, I don't think that's the case. I I don't think Kyle and Jackie O is swinging the votes in favour either way in this nation. Um, if they are, I mean, fair play to Kyle Sanderlands. And and secondly, that is terrifying, okay? So, yeah, elbows out there. And uh, people said that the Liberal deputy, I pulled this quote from an article, I thought this was pretty good. The Liberal deputy said, the PM should not be spinning decks at a million-dollar wedding while old people are being kicked out of their retirement homes and put on the street because of his government's negligence, which I will admit is an extremely powerful image. If you picture Albo just spitting decks, you know, glass of champers, got the one headphone on, just going, and then you picture in that very moment, a 93-year-old man being kicked out onto the street because of a lack of government-funded retirement villages. I will admit, that's a bad look for Albo. <laughs> but I feel like you could just do that with anything, you know? Like, people said people said uh, he only spent four hours in Alice Springs responding to a national emergency, and he spent six hours at Kyle Sandiland's wedding, which, again, if you do the maths on that, that's horrific, okay? But it's like, if he spent two hours at Kyle Sandiland's wedding, would that make his lack of time in Alice Springs any less egregious? I would argue it wouldn't. I would argue there is not an amount of time you could spend at Kyle Sandler's wedding, however brief or however long. There is not an amount of time you could hang out at Kyle Sandler's wedding that would affect or justify the amount of time you spend in Alice Springs responding to a national tragedy in any way, shape, or form. That's just my opinion. You know, <laughs> I love that dude. But um, I love like I hate this thinking where it's like. You know when people post something like uh, raising money for homeless people, it's like, oh, I noticed you're raising money for homeless people in Sydney. What about all the refugees on Christmas Island, you piece of shit? Do you fucking hate them? And it's like, okay, Jesus Christ, this is a bit all or nothing, isn't it? You know? So, yeah, the PM's in hot water. I, you know, this could go either way. You know, I, I could see 
I can see. Um, I mean, when, it, it, when Albo's not on the job, is he supposed to just sit in a dark room waiting to return to the job? You know, I think I, the thing that really offends me about this is I reject the premise that Albo and Kyle Sandlands are good friends. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. Whether you vote Labor or Liberal, I don't want my Prime Minister to th- to have Kyle Sandlands as a good friend of his. Are you fucking serious, dude? <laughs> like, that's gross. That's the only thing. If it was anyone else's wedding, if you told me that Anthony Albanese only spent four hours in Alice Springs, but he spent seven hours at Ricky Lee's wedding, I would say, hey, Ricky Lee's got a, a hell of a set of pipes on her, dude. Play on. It's just Kyle Sandilands. What a gross character. But, well, you know, and there was one thing a couple of people pointed out, and this is, you know, this is probably fair. People pointed out that, you know, Kyle has had... um a couple of issues in the past that would make him maybe not the best character for the PM to associate with. Um, I read that he called monkeypox the big gay disease, which, you know, probably neither here nor there, depending on who you speak to, you know, it's not great. It's not great. Um, but then I read a little further. I actually didn't know this. Um, in 2009, as part of a lie detector segment, Kyle actually more or less forced a 14-year-old girl to admit to being raped live on air and uh, lost his Australian Idol judging position as a result of that. So, look, Kyle Sandilands, guys, he's not the best character. And as far as Albo attending weddings, I think play on as long as it's anyone but Kyle. That's my stance on this, and that's my stance on this. Okay. <laughs> oh. Anyway, guys, if I could be uh, completely candid uh, with you, the listener, um, the, the camera ran out of battery about five minutes into this episode. I had to re-record it, and I am now pretty aggressively late for work. So um, the project this week was going to be Josh Hazelwood because he returned from injury for cricket. And, yeah, so I was going to talk about the Ashes a little bit and stuff like that. Plenty of time before the Ashes, so I'll talk about that next week. I talked about everything I wanted to talk about this week, so that's all good. Up next, Absolute Banger with Rowan Arneal. So everything's above board. I got to get to work, but thank you for the good times. Please come to my Wollongong show this Saturday. Looking a little light in Wollongong. I'll be candid. Um, And then Adelaide should be heaps of fun the next week. And then we got Sydney the week after. And then I'm tools down. So you can get those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio. And yeah, dude, thanks for listening. All right, legends. It is Lord of the Rings 3 today here at Get Around Me. <laughs> Return of the King. Rowan Arneal is in the building, mostly because he lives upstairs. We now live together. We podcast together. If there's any women who would like to date us at the same time, we're open to it. <laughs> what is doing? What is doing? Not much. Got my little Tupac cup here, so I'm nice and breezy, mate. Yeah, mixed messages from you uh, I found living with you, mate. You actually drink a lot of herbal tea, but from very aggressive receptacles. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, I will only drink green tea out of my Tupac, only God can judge me, Mark. And only God can judge you. Exactly. Who else would, brother? Hey? Mm. That's us, mate. That's us. Treating them mean, keep them keen, as they say. But, mate, 
We live together now. <laughs> yeah, we live together now. Hilarious. <laughs> Worlds have collided. <laughs> I know. Should they have collided? <laughs> yeah, see, this is why everyone thinks we hate each other. What? Should they have collided? <laughs> I'm just... at, at the gigs in Brisbane, just people being like, trying to shit on you and me being like, yeah, I'm not into that, mate. And then being like, what? Oh. You respect Billy? I'm like, yeah, that's I respect Billy. Yeah, I don't know why everyone thought we were like rivals in Brisbane. Yeah, I think it's just Queensland culture. I don't know. Uh, is it not coming across as banter on the program? <laughs> People in, some blokes in Brisbane were like, I can't believe you're just having a beer with him. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, did you talk about that surgeon? Yeah, I spoke about the surgeon. <laughs> Mate, hilarious. Guy, hilarious. Who I thought was possibly one of the biggest simpletons in the world leaves early because he's got to have be a surgeon the next morning. Unbelievable, dude. And it speaks to the fan base of this great podcast. Surgeons listen to this. Surgeons listen. Okay. Surgeons and reluctant girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. Surgeons slash people that got in a fight at the last Brisbane show. And they're the same bloke. <laughs> yeah, they're the same bloke. So good. But dude, yeah, we're living together now. Mate, I'll, I'll speak candidly. Probably incident second night. <laughs> <laughs> what incident are you referring to? Well, I'm saying last night I tried to have a friend over. <laughs> Mate, that's the thing about me. I've got a... I've got a fucking battered past with most of this city. So, you can't just bring anyone in here. Well, mate, they might gonna, hate me. I'm going to have to put up a warning sign or something. <laughs> a friend of mine came around last night. She walks in the kitchen and goes, oh, it's him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally couldn't have picked you out of a lineup if you said it. <laughs> Apparently, you were rude to... This pommy girl I know in a gender-neutral bathroom in Melbourne. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, people say gender-neutral bathrooms are good, and I believe that, but when I'm in there, I can get pretty lippy. (laughs) Dude, well, that's the thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's a quality. (laughs) I was behaving like a man in a bathroom. (laughs) Oh, my God. And that's what you wanted. Yeah, this... uh... (laughs) And that's what I want, too, but sometimes... British people might come in between the crosses. I don't know what I... I wish she'd told me what I'd actually said. I just... I, I kept the conversation moving, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. It was pro-MC work from me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's forget about this beef. Yeah, this this British woman I met in Melbourne being like, oh, do you remember what you said to me and my friend in the gender-neutral <laughs> bathrooms? And Rowan is just sitting there stoned going like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was kicking back. Had my hand wrapped around a cold domestic beer, trying to enjoy myself, and a woman walks in and goes, Oh, it's you. <laughs> Dude, what have I done? I made Marcus a meal. Uh, to be fair, I guess it is your residence. She's, <laughs> yeah, she's coming to your residence and gone, Well, 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 look who it is. Look who verbally assaulted me. <laughs> Fuck it, L. Well, mate, maybe we should separate those gender bathrooms. Well, I think this is how it happened originally. Well, I think the problem with the gender neutral bathrooms is that. You've got to separate the game uh, them again. You've got genders all in together. Let's do another separation of nice people and not nice people. <laughs> so gender neutral, but we got cunts in one bathroom, legends in the other. Yeah, yeah, that could that could help us out. But anyway, mate, good to <laughs> yeah, good, good to warm a lady up for Billy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good <laughs> bit of banter. Do you know what I like? Um, while I'm trying to seduce a woman, I like to bring her into the kitchen for a verbal confrontation. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was trying to defend myself. I had no memory of the event. So I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, it's good, mate. It's good and stuff. She left. I was like, Marky, what do you reckon I said? He's like, oh, you know how you are. You would have said that British people are pigs. I'm like, dude, it, must, it wouldn't have been that harsh. <laughs> That's so you. That's so you saying colonial pigs. <laughs> but dude, um, harrowing stuff moving into this house. We almost got defeated by my bed frame. Oh, yeah. This was actually one of the more... I think this really galvanized you and me as I moved in. Because, like, I borrowed Adzi's you to get this bed frame over here. And, like, we just couldn't get it up the stairs. Mm. Like, it just didn't fit. It Physically, it didn't work. And no. I've spent some time on the trucks. I know. And this is... Yeah, like yeah. I'm saying. I said to you, I said, I bet a master removalist could get this up here. And you were like, it doesn't fucking fit. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> But, dude, it was like, you took your shirt off at one point just to power up. Mm, it helped as well. Yeah, but, it, well, not really. Oh, well, the general vibe. Everyone likes it when I have my shirt off when I'm sweating. Yeah, right. Okay. That's the word on the street. Around Mate, here, anyway. You were shirt off, sweating, Ugg boots still on. <laughs> dude, That's a power up. Catch me down at the central metro <laughs> Woolworths. Can in- we talk about what you are, like, the t- different terrains you're taking your Ugg boots on? This guy's in the Sydney CBD in his Ugg boots with no socks on a Wednesday morning. Well, slipper Ugg boots, not actual Ugg boots. Yeah, that's true. That he- probably makes it more egregious. For sure. Heels showing. Heels showing. Yeah. My first morning here, I woke up alone and I was all out of money. I had no money, um, but I wanted to do some things around the house. So, I, my top drawer, I had all my coins until I got paid. So, I just co- counted out my coins and walked down to Wo- Woolies Metro with my little slippers on. And just fucking had a little feast. Got a few cheap pastries, bought some cleaning supplies. It was a good day. Mate, I love that for you because for you, the, the I'm, I'm like this to a certain extent as well, but for you, the bar for a good time is quite low. <laughs> you've, got, you've got a fucking ham and cheese <laughs> scroll thing from Woolies that's been sitting there for four days and a, and a bottle of Kleenex and you're yeah. like, let's go. I stole some of those picture hangers. I was like, the oh, re- the Sellies ones? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. The days are foot. What do they retail for? Fucking $13 down there. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're begging to be stolen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Danny Ocean entered the building, mate. <laughs> but Dude, um, if, if, you're, if you're just going to be a singular hook and charge $13 for yourself, you're, you're saying, I want to go home in Rowan's back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, come on. I know how much other plastic items are worth. Don't tell me there's anything structurally that much difference between this and a peg. Also, What's Ma- the difference? Macca put about 75 of those up at our old apartment, and you better believe they damaged the walls. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 I've gotten quite good at um, undamaging the walls with them, doing the spack and then painting. Oh, okay. I'm a spack master. You're a spack master. Put some bog in my hand, mate. I'll fucking fix up any wall. Mate, I haven't understood maybe the last seven words you've said. <laughs> But that's okay. Also, the bed frame. Oh yeah, we got it in, dude. We got it in. But here's the thing, and I love this. I was telling, uh, I was telling you, mate, this story the other day. You ever had a problem so complicated you had to get a second Billy in? <laughs> yeah, we had to get another. We had to get Billos in. Yeah. We had Billy and Billos. We had Bill squared, <laughs> and mate, inspired stuff from your mate Bill. Um, he goes, "Why don't we do a balcony job over the front?" <sighs> And oh, he's fucking gorgeous. Dude, I, I looked at him. He looked at me. I just had that light bulb moment where I thought, you son of a bitch. Let's go. And then it was me and Rowan out the front, Bill up the top. 
we had the mattress, uh, the bed frame, and then we we pushed it up, and Ryan was like, "All right, three, two, one, go!" And then I ran inside and, and got it up the top, <laughs> yeah. and then it just it just slid into this bedroom upstairs like it wanted to be here. It's just so annoying when you're like, "All right, I was here to complete an errand, and now I've been given a second errand because it doesn't work." And here's the thing, dude. I borrowed Adzi's ute specifically. Mm. So it's like I've driven all the way from the Northern Beaches to the city with mm. this ute that I've borrowed for this one task and you're telling me I'm not going to complete it? No way. We've got issues. Well, Billy also looked incredibly scared at the prospect of being a mattress on the floor guy. Oh my God, dude. Can we talk about this? <laughs> it's like you can't be a mattress on the floor guy and have a painting of yourself in your own bedroom. <laughs> you, need, you need to get off the floor. Okay. I totally agree. Firstly- the painting he's referring to is of me and Goku and Aang from The Last Airbender that Maka painted me for my birthday some time ago. Mm. And here's the thing, mate. There are some blokes who can pull off not having a bed frame. Mm. I am not one of them. No, 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 no. Because here's the thing is if the if the woman's come into your room and she thinks you might not have a bed frame and then you don't, that's that. Mm. You know what I mean? If you're like a lawyer and you don't have a bed frame, that's almost cool. Yeah, all living at like a slightly edgier lifestyle. Yeah. But Being it, like it, a sco- cool skater guy, you can have no bed frame. Yeah, but the problem is I look like a guy who wouldn't have a bed frame. Yeah. Like I need the bed frame. Absolutely, you need the bed frame. Yeah. You need more than you already have in here. Dude, 100%. <laughs> you Dude, need I'm to get more- rid of this fucking oh chandelier. Oh my God. <laughs> I've got this weird chandelier in my room. I don't even know how you would describe it. It's like a weird wooden bulb that's kind of like- Looks like an enormous circular crate wrapped around a light, and it fucking looks terrible. Dude, literally, when this uh, British chick was here last night, like, as we opened the door, I was like, ha ah, it's so funny, it was here when we got here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, lol, this is, this is a practical joke, ha <laughs> My rent is 270 yeah. leave me alone. The rent is reasonable. Also, we can take that off, I just don't know how. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. Yeah, that's okay. We'll look into that, mate. We'll look into that. But the point is, I've got a bed frame and, I, and I've got a future. And that the rental crisis is fake. Dude, the rental crisis is confirmed fake. Adzi is moving into the sickest pad nice. I've ever seen. Beach views. Just a couple of 28-year-old white schmucks as well. A couple of straight white schmucks. with <laughs> One of them has no rental history. <laughs> absolute pad you're telling me there's a rental crisis the crisis is in your mind lad it is in your mind well once again the mainstream media lies to us okay let's get into it (laughs) (laughs) i said to rowan before i said dude adzi got the sickest pad the rental crisis is fake and rowan immediately jumped the shark he goes i think everything might be fake (laughs) and i was like well i'm gonna have to stop you there Interest rates are fake. Money is fake. Gold is fake. Yeah. I know where this is heading and it's you skipping out on next week's rent. <laughs> Being like, sorry, brother, capitalism is a fucking illusion. Guess what? We're squatters. Yeah. But, uh, dude, it's been good though. I haven't really been around much the new pad. I feel like I just sort of am staying maybe in an Airbnb at this point. Oh, but you- I'm settling in. I'm settling, settling in. in. But, yeah, it's it's been good, mate. Um, a couple of things I wanted to talk about. One yarn from the other week. Well, we've got a couple of options here, mate. We can either talk about the Chinese restaurant yarn I wanted to tell you from the other week, or we can talk about um, that Serbian bloke who flogged a referee at a local soccer game. Oh, definitely choose the Eastern Europeans, please. Dude, can we talk about these Eastern Europeans? <laughs> Dude. 
how love how violent soccer fans are. And and you don't want to generalize, of course. Of course not. But these Eastern Europeans appear to be the most violent ones. All of them. Dude, I love as well, like, so this guy, I'll fill in the listener on this sensational story. Mm. This bloke, had, I, wa- I want to say it was like an under-16s game or something. He, let me double check this. I have no idea. But he, he got on there, this bloke, and he assaulted the ref. But the word assault, uh, here we go. He broke the referee's jaw. So he hit, he king hit slash cow punched the ref from behind. Then when the ref went down, he laid about three more into him like it was the fucking UFC. Yeah, it wasn't the main ref. It was also the linesman, you're right. It was the linesman. So, this guy has coward punched and then three follow-up ground and pad punches on a linesman. Who's real- Eastern from a suburban Sydney competition. (laughs) (laughs) He's a Greenacre Eagles player who attended as a spectator. Wow. Firstly, dude, you play for the Greenacre Eagles. That screams like under sixes, like- Mate, to care this much about suburban soccer, slash any soccer, mate. A 25-year-old man was arrested at Bankstown Police Station. So, 25 is making a bit more sense because the bloke looks about 42 when he was doing the assaulting. And I will say, mate, for 25, that makes a lot more sense because he looks sharp. He did look sharp. It's fucking so scary, the video. Dude, this guy must hit pads during the week. 100%. That man has fighting history that's for sure that wasn't the first punch he's ever thrown dude dead set and imagine like he's got to defend himself in court and the the judge is like why did you do it he's like i felt the offside call was a bit harsh (laughs) (laughs) they're like we're looking at genuine like manslaughter here mate like this guy a couple to the back of the head you could kill him you just can't behave that way at all and Sydney soccer has kind of been like this for a long time. It's been like this for a long time. Because they decided for some reason to do just... We're one of the few places in the world, I guess, where when people play soccer within a city, they do it via race. They're like yeah. the Bosnians <laughs> versus the Serbians. Like there wasn't already enough beef in that area. Yeah, we had Marconi, who were the Italians. We had literally one of the clubs was called Sydney, Croatia. Yeah. And it's like these cunts were poisoning each other's water supply in the 80s. Let's have them all run around together. Yeah. It's like not a good idea. Let's let's, mix up the teams. Let's mix up the teams. Mix them up. Maybe they'll find out they're actually not so different after after all. (laughs) Maybe they can hate Anglo-Saxons together. That could be healthy. Dude, 100%. Dude, it got so bad in the NPL. They... um. They're not allowed. I don't think they're allowed to even bring uh, Croatian flags to the games anymore because it would just rev the boys too much. Imagine me. <laughs> you ever see a Croatian flag and then just accidentally throw a flare at a six-year-old? Dude, I've I had one of the scariest moments of my life with a Croatian man once. You want to hear? You want to hear? I full hear yarn. All this about full it. Full fucking yarn. So me and you know my mate Eddie, yep. little B, we were in Croatia and we were trying to go to these lakes and um. We didn't know where we were like, just trying to find a place to camp. And we started talking to these young blokes outside this like random kind of village supermarket. And they were like, oh, my mates, um, my roommate's away. So we've just been drinking at my place. Um, And do you guys have any weed? And we were like, yeah. And they were like, if you just give us a little hit of weed, then you can stay at the place tonight. All good. And we're like, fucking oath. We'll just stay at yours. And then we're smoking weed with them drinking his... I can see why they're partying because his roommate's away because it's just one long room. That there's just two beds on either side. Oh, okay. And he's just blast- so logistically, we're ready to go. Yeah, lo- 
it was just um he was just blasting Snoop Dogg, drinking, getting high, being like, Yeah, I haven't gone to work, I've just been partying here. And then suddenly this like massive Croatian man barges through the door and grabs the guy whose place I'm staying at and just pins him down and starts just slapping him in the face hell hard. And we're like, what the fuck? And um, his mate's like, you should go. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we got that. We like pick up all our shit. And um, we're like, fucking hell, gap it. Um, and then the guy's like, it's okay. It's his dad. It's his dad. He's got PTSD from the war. And I was like, whoa, fuck, fucking hell. And then he comes out and he's like, oh, it's all good now. He's going to go. Um, you guys can stay over. And we're like, oh, it's all good, man. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we might set our tent up in the park. It's all good. Jesus um, Christ. Yeah. Something about the vibe is just yeah, not quite the same anymore. Yeah. There's something about the hash plus violence that, um, Hits me a little wrong. Yeah, for and sure. Certainly hit little B a little wrong. Little B, <laughs> little cr- B wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> I'm cradling little B at this point. <laughs> um, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, it's just uh, he, they threatened him at work. They were like, because they work at the same company, this boat company for tourists. And he's like, "Oh, if your son misses another day, we're gonna fire you." So oh. he came in and was like, "You fucking drunk idiot! I'm gonna lose my job." No, no, no. Plus, he's got PTSD from the war. Right. And we go see the lakes, beautiful. Um, the Croatians, we, the other Croatians we were with just thought it was like the funniest thing. <laughs> we were just like, I don't know, it's pretty hardcore. It's just a bit of Eastern European parenting, brother. <laughs> yeah. And then um, like three days later, we walk past the apartment on the way back and we're like, oh, we'll see if he's home. And we knock on the window and he's like, oh, yeah. And he's just in there writing raps. And, oh. he's got, and he's got a full broken leg. And we're like, bro, the leg. And he's like, yeah, man, I can't work. Later after um, you guys left, me and my dad were cleaning up and I um, fell and tripped and I broke my leg. Oh, my. His dad snapped his leg. <laughs> his dad snapped his fucking <laughs> leg, brother. Dude. <laughs> They're fucking poisoning cunts. Jeez, they to, like- and then, so you want these blokes to play soccer against countries they hate. So, this is what he's done to his son. Yeah. Think of what he will do to a linesman at Chroma Park number two. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the scariest shit in the world. Like, if you had to, like, hide your, like, two-year-old son in the attic because if they find any boy, that's, like, eventually going to be a Croatian soldier. So, the Bosnians are, like, slit their throat. Like, the Whoa. level of genocide, of country-on-country genocide is, like, undisputed. And then... And tr- Craig Foster's <laughs> just like, you know what can solve this? The world game. The world <laughs> game. Mate, nothing can solve that. Dude, I, dude, like, Eastern Europeans are wild. I used to work with a Serb, and he missed a whole year of high school because of the war. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> okay. that's Dude, that happened to him in the same time we were just milling around. Mm. playing cricket at Queenscliff. Like, this <laughs> yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Going for a bodyboard. <laughs> he was the same age as me, I think. Maybe a year older, a year or two older. He missed a year of high school because of the war. Mm. Yeah, they, and they have a very... um. And then they're just going to... We're going to get that bloke. We're going to fly him to Australia <laughs> and just give him some boots and say, <laughs> just try your hardest. You're, so, the war hasn't ended. It's still here. The war's still here. Bosnia's over there. Yeah. <laughs> They've got the different boots on. Yeah, Bosnia's over there, and they're actually winning the comp. So, yeah. <laughs> if you could take this personally, that would be great for yeah. us. All right, remember, guys, not to remember to take the whole, like, history of war real personally. <laughs> it's just a game. The Serbs are like, is it? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a game when everyone I knew died. Dude, what about this? How is it that soccer fans are more violent than rugby league fans? 
I think it's because we could we break into that for a yeah, bit. Yeah, it's I guess because it's a non-contact sport, it comes out more or something. I don't know. That's always been my theory, and also in Australia because they're like they they in their hearts are like this is the world game, but no one pays any attention to them. So, so there's do a you bit think of that think, as well. Like, I mean, literally, what three months ago we had the guy from the stands smash a bin over a goalkeeper's head. Man, I don't know. They're just copycats. It's just dumb British people got up to some shit and people just copy it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how culture works. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. But here's the thing is, like, I think the Brits aren't as hard as the Eastern Europeans. Yeah, Dude, yeah. British hooliganism is quite charming. Yeah, yeah. Because, well, like, like, I don't know, they're so ugly. I don't know what it is. Well, I guess they're a lot fatter and less agile as well. There's a bit of that. There's whereas, less agility. Whereas the same hooliganism from a six-foot-three ripped <laughs> Serbian man, it's the- like, it's like holy shit, this guy just jumped over a fence just like a box jump. <laughs> yeah. The natural athleticism does make it a lot fucking scary. The natural scarier. athleticism yeah. of these Eastern European hooligans <laughs> is unbelievable. That's very true. That it does make it a lot scarier. Dude, when English blokes are losing their minds, I'm like, go on, lads. <laughs> <laughs> just red in the face and panting. Yeah. Yeah. Just- <laughs> they, none of them had any water before they came. <laughs> Some fat concrete are just dying. <laughs> yeah, that is true. They're kind of they're kind of like puppies fighting. Yeah. In the way that fat British men. But mate. It's Pray for our brother in Bankstown. Let's hope he gets off. He's got a child. He's expecting a child Yeah, soon, the, so. the guy who King hit the bloke is an expecting father. Mm. So, I would say this. Um, if your son plays his son <laughs> in football, <laughs> how about I'll be telling my son, just stand off him about two metres, just jockey. Just jockey, guide him towards the sideline. Did one of my... There's this British dad that used to like a British dude played in my footy team, and he'd be yelling from the sideline, "Use your fists, Ellis! Use your fists!" And I'd be like, "Dude, you can't fucking say use your fists. You dude. can't just be like punch them." Dude, have you one hap- a fight broke out between dads at one of my footy games once? Oh, really? Oh, it's one of the most embarrassing things that can happen to anyone for the dads involved. That's my dad's so- just like holding some guy back while like having our decrepit dog on a lead, being like, "Stop it, mate! Stop!" <laughs> Did. Also, like, there's so many situations in life where, and I mean, if you're at a junior game of any kind, mm. but like this guy flogging a ref, like, dude, everything, violence seems so cool until it happens. Dude, it is ugly when it happens. It's- Have you ever been at a pub where like, or like in any situation where like, maybe there's a few jersey grabs going yeah. on, this sort of stuff, and it's all fun and games, and then someone gets proper clocked and you're just like... Oh what? Yeah, yeah. Just, and it, this is chat. And it's like, dude, like this guy full fully unloading. Okay. Let's say in some hypothetical reality, I'm letting the first coward punch go. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. he's come up from behind this linesman. <laughs> he's king he's king hit the linesman. We'll give him that. Let's say for some reason that's off the table. The three follow up ground and pound punches to the back of the head. So much power. For, uh, by the way, this man plays for the Greenacre Eagles. <laughs> but also... He wasn't even playing in the game. I don't even consider soccer that good of a spectator sport. But people are getting turned up over this shit. Dude, fuck it all. This is... this. Yeah. This, I've never found it that engaging. So this, this linesman almost died uh, officiating a sport that can end in nil all. <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking hell, boys. Like, at least have it be like five all yeah, like, in extra yeah. time, dude. If 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 it goes to like six all in extra time, and some guy scores in like the 120th minute, if you're telling me a linesman cops one punch, 
<laughs> I'm not saying I condone that behavior. I'm saying I can see it. You can see it. But you don't excuse it, but you understand. It. Yeah. Dude, I love it how he's like, I'm an expecting father. It, it's like, dude. Good work, mate. It's so crazy. It's like, what? A little, little thing called nesting, mate. What's nesting? When you're about to have a kid, you got to nest. Yeah, well, mate, you gotta set he, the world up for your child. He got that. And that you know, he that thought clocking a fucking groundsman. And, and do you know what he thought? He thought, "Am I really gonna bring my son into a world with with linesmen officiating of this quality? Am I gonna bring my son into a world where the offside rule is not respected to the utmost?" I I have a feeling that when his when his baby mama got the call that he's down at the station and that he assaulted a linesman, she wasn't like. How did this happen? I don't think it was the first time she's got a call from the station. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Fucking hell. Dude, soccer soccer fans are something else. They are something else. Dude, I got stuck in um Sydney Swan because we're living around here now. We're in Swan's territory. Oh, bro. Up the bloods. Oh, I don't know, man. I reckon send them back down to Melbourne. I, I will say that it doesn't appear from what I'm seeing on the streets, okay? I, I don't think I've seen someone wearing a red and white scarf who doesn't look like they earn $400,000 a year. <laughs> yeah, I was just stuck behind a bunch of Beamers and Audis trying to get to the beaches. I think I think AFL is like working class in Melbourne. but Yeah, everywhere I, else. I don't think it's so not working class in Sydney. Well, I'm so I'm trying to get over it and um, be more accepting and get my arm. Because just growing up, everyone was just so nasty about it. About, about AFL. AFL in general. Well, there was the whole gay FL thing. Well, you obviously. and me went through high school during the gay FL phase. Yeah, and every, there was a couple of teachers that were into AFL, and they were all just such fucking pathetic losers, and it really just shaped my view of AFL. But now... Dude, I want to go. I've never been to the SCG to watch. Oh, really? I went I got, last year, but I got, I got to go at least once. I got way too fucking high, and then I was just looking around being like, this... You people make me fucking sick. Well, you uh, can't blame the <laughs> AFL for that. <laughs> yeah. You just shouldn't be allowed to be high around that many pairs of Iron Williams. Yeah, there's something to that for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, um, mate, it's Rabbitohs territory, really. Well, no, the Bunnies actually play at Sydney Olympic. I know, that sucks. Uh, it but does. There's a hell of a lot of Rabbitohs hats floating around. There is a lot, yeah. Thanks to the housing commission across the road. Big time. Big time. Big time, lads. Come on. Yeah, I might, I might keep a bunny scarf in my back pocket just, <laughs> just for when I'm walking home at 3 a.m. Come on, lads. I'm one of you. Hey, the calls are coming from inside the house here, lads. Chill out. Hell of a team this year, boys. Hell, Hell of a team. Cody Walker. Points machine. Points machines. <laughs> what a sis. Just saying Cody Walker is a points machine with your hands up walking backwards. <laughs> He's so creative. But, mate, a couple other things I wanted to chat to you about. Mate, first episode in the pad. I don't want to speak out of school. Bit of could be on here. Yeah, we're we're on. Could this be is on just Sydney for you. Oh, should we talk about our um our postcode, mate? Our electorate. Oh yeah, this our is le- actually this of, is a hot topic. The name of our electorate is just Sydney. Full stop. That's it. The name of our electorate is Sydney. Full stop. Done. That's enough, dude. You get the picture. Oh yeah. T Bone in charge, Tanya. Tanya Plibersek, our T-Bone. Is she the, the member for this electorate? Oh, big time, mate. Wow. Yeah, they call her T-Bone over at the commission. So now I've been calling her that. So what's the goss? Because we're in the city. Is this Liberal or Labor? Is this Labor forever? Forever. Yeah. So there's only been four members in the history of Australia in this electorate because they all just do like 40-year terms because everyone votes Labor. Sick. <laughs> so like if you just get... 
put into this electorate, you're just set for life. Beautiful. T-bone set for life. T-bone. Mm. So I might, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for her. I went to the shaky the other night. She wasn't there. She wasn't there. No. She's normally there. Yeah. She might have been smoking ciggies across the road. That's true. I will say, um, Shakespeare Hotel, the shaky, mm. great pub. Took a girl on a date there. <laughs> you could have gone a little further. <laughs> it's not a date spot. I will say she was not impressed. Yeah, so that was a tough lesson to learn early. <laughs> smoke smoke a little bit of a joint with Arneel. Head over to the shaky for a date. <laughs> well, the Dove and Olive was closed on Mondays. I know. What's that about? I don't know. I don't know either. Upsetting, mate. So you had to walk an extra 35 meters. Well, then I thought the Shakespeare Hotel's got a bit of charm. It does have charm. Here's the thing. it I I don't think it does have charm. Really? <laughs> I don't know. The girl I was with did not think it had charm. Oh, really? I was like, oh, like the tiles are old. She's like, <laughs> she's like I don't give a fuck about the tiles. There's nowhere to sit. <laughs> also, there was like, I think the Shakespeare's nice, but some of the people there were like, Oh, yeah, there's some regulars for a date on there a was some, Monday. There were some regulars. Like one toothless regular was like, started like harassing my bird being like, you're so lucky. He's lovely. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, brother. Shut the fuck up. I'm already digging a hole here. Then I brought her home and she's like, oh, look who it is. Rowan Arneal. I'm like, the fuck. The guy that was cruel to me inside the bathroom. Yeah. The man that me and my friends will never forgive. And then, so think about this. I take her to the shaky. I come home. She's like, it's Rowan Arneal. Imagine I brought her upstairs. No bed frame. Exactly. I'm dead in the fucking water. And that's where we thank the second bill. And that's where, if you're in a, if you're in a jam, if you're in a pickle... You get another Billy involved. You get another Billy. And hopefully you've already got a shirtless Arneel wearing arcs there. Yeah, 100%. You need you need a shirtless Arneel sweating way too much for the amount of work completed in arc boots. And you need to get a second Billy. And then from there, you can pretty much get through anything. Any problem can be solved. Mate, that's how they built the Burma Railway. It's two billies and an Arneel. <laughs> and a sweaty Arneel. <laughs> yeah, just plodding along. Woo! We've been starving for three years, Arneel. How are you still fat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, unreal. Mate, uh, a couple of other things. I wanted to tell you about this Chinese restaurant thing. Well, it's my local Chinese. Or, yeah, or so place. this was a story that never made it onto the pod. We had a big Chinese feed to uh, sort of, I don't know, farewell the old pa- place in Manly. Mate, this chick um, running the front desk up at the Fairlight mm. Kitchen. Wow. Harsh but fair. Harsh but fair. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I don't know. There's a bit going on here. I'd like to paint a picture for the listener, if I may. Uh, I want to say, I want to say, if, I hope this isn't offensive. I want to say mid-50s. Yeah, easily. Yeah? yeah. Uh, maybe pushing 60. Mate, you're in a Chinese restaurant and you say to me, I hope this isn't offensive. I was not expecting it to be mid fifties. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You're expecting. You're like, why aren't you doing an accent? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, I was. Just... So she's about fifty-five, sixty, short back and sides, Navy Seal haircut. Yeah. Uh, my girl's a proud lesbian. Yeah. She brought it up like three times. Um, oh yeah, she's white as well. She's like named Catherine or something. Mm. White, like sixty-year-old woman. She's on the phone taking the orders, handing the orders out. With um, the kitchen staff are Chinese. They're banging out. The hits. Yeah. Okay. Dude, I've never seen a chick just wheel and deal like this woman. <laughs> At one point, um, a lady came in to order and she goes, oh, hi, I'd like to order for a takeaway. And the old the old white chick is on the phone. She goes, excuse me, I'm on the phone. 
<laughs> and then she's like, oh, okay, I'll wait. And she's like, yeah, you will. And then that chick just left, dude. Sick. She was just dismissing customers. I love rude people when it's not to me. Well, it was hilarious because it wasn't to us. Yeah. She yeah. liked us for some reason. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, you would have been one of the few people eating in at that restaurant. We were the only people eating in. Mm. And like, she was, you know, when you've seen someone, it's like, you've clearly worked here so long that you're just like, they can't be fucked to get rid of you. Yeah. yeah. Like we would ask her questions about the food and she was like, I don't know. I don't <laughs> eat here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Like, she was like actively like trying to like get rid of business. Mm. But she was just such a powerful lesbian woman that she couldn't be stopped. Yeah, she can't be stopped. Have you had any experiences with her up there? No, no. I thought you were talking about a different lady. Now that there's a white lady involved, I don't know what to think. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never dealt with a white lady up there. Oh, maybe she's been fired since. I don't know if this was a trial shift and she was just swinging for the fences. Well, I haven't gone there since then, but before then it was always a... Also quite a hostile woman, but a Chinese hostile woman. Yeah, well, it was still hostile. Oh, well, it's glad that that's been passed along the generations. But then at one point, um, she dropped like kind of like a racial thing towards Chinese people, but in a Chinese restaurant. So she starts talking about sex and like, I don't know who you like to- what? Dude, it got pretty weird. So she starts like- I think we might have figured out why she liked you guys so much. You were white. Yeah. There was Is a- she a racist working at a Chinese That's restaurant? the thing. The calls are coming from inside the house. Big time. So she starts talking about sex and like, it was one of those things where she just got too comfortable with us. Mm. You know when you give someone a little bit of banter, a morsel yeah, yeah. of bants, and they're like, oh, sweet. We're just going to say whatever. And it's like, well, that's not necessarily the yeah, deal yeah, I've set yeah, up. Yeah. But she goes- um, we were talking about, she's like, oh, are you boys single or what are you doing? Like this sort of stuff. And uh, we're like, oh, no, yeah, we're single. She's like, oh, no inhibitions. That's the key. No inhibitions. <laughs> I go, what, to find a girlfriend? She's like, no, to sex love. <laughs> like, <laughs> and she's like, and she's like, yeah, don't worry. I can say these things since we got the yes vote. It's all on the cards now. Like, I don't even understand her point. I think she's just saying like, I don't know. But, th- but then this is where it comes. She goes, don't worry, I can say these things. And then looks over her shoulder and goes, because I'm not Chinese. Well, in the Chinese restaurant. What the fuck? I know. And we were we were high. Like, we were oh, so high. Absolutely. We Indiana, were high and Chinese, drunk, having yeah. a beautiful glass of red. And I was just like, dude, I was just leaving all of this shit. Like, yeah. this is outside off stump by like a good 30 centimeters. <laughs> I was just like, babe, I don't even know. Like, what you're saying and the environment you're saying it in this is all just too much. I dude. would love one day when someone's just making absolutely no sense just to be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's like she was, she dropped this like kind of racist thing. I guess saying the Chinese people are prudes. I don't know what she was saying. I don't even know what the stereotype she, is. But I don't know what the three, di- like there's three takes in a row where I just have no idea what she's getting at. I don't understand the key to what is to have no inhibition about she, sex. She said like, so she was saying to have good sex, you got to have no inhibitions. Yeah. All oh, right. But I, I think see. maybe this was coming from like a closeted woman for like four decades mm. and she's just off the rip now. Mm. out of the gate, you know? She's got the short back and sides. She's living La Vida Loca. She's racist, but she works at a Chinese restaurant. She's got a lot going on. She does have a lot going on. Yeah. Fucking hell. What a lady. So I thought maybe you had experienced this woman. I haven't experienced, that, I haven't experienced a woman that weird in years. And she was so rude to some of the customers. It was unreal. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know why she just thought we were charming for whatever reason. Yeah. I, well, yeah. 
I guess she just saw a familiar. Here are some white boys that are going to like some of my hot takes. Yeah, she's like, oh, these guys will get around what I have to say. And she was kind of right. <laughs> I mean, we were we were complicit. Yeah, ironically, you're enjoying it. Well, also, like, we were, we gave her no resistance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just like, look, what do I have to say to get yeah. back to the Mongolian lamb in front of me? Yeah, yeah. You know I've what I mean? I've done that at work where just a South African truck driver just, like, dropped some of the most racist things I've ever heard. And I just turn around and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of like, I just, I'm sorry. I don't have the energy at all yeah, yeah. to put up even the smallest amount of barrier. I'm just going to look out the window. I just yeah. don't have it in me. Dude, 100%. Those sappers will slip some stuff past you where you just go, doof. Oh, mate, a white South African, it's just tick-tock, tick-tock, <laughs> tick-tock, tick-tock. We were better before Mandela. And there, yeah, there we go. There yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, apartheid was actually good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I knew this was coming. Don't worry. I didn't get my hopes up. Dude, I remember um, that Woolies guy. I used to, that old pommy gangster guy. Yeah, yeah. Who um, used to let me steal in exchange for free parking. One day we're chatting away and no one did small talk like this guy. He was a legend. Mm. And then like one morning, just out of nowhere, he just said the N word and then like kept talking. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm standing there like, I don't know, dude. It's like Monday at like 8.30 a.m. Like, what? dude, if you're going to say the N word, at least do it like during business hours. It was like 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just fucking give it some... Give me some warning. Or like, if you're going to land the plane, get up those lightsaber things that tell me it's coming, you know? It was just out of nowhere. And I'm like, uh... uh the annoying thing is, nearly every time someone's been like shockingly racist to me, uh, like just, I've always just been on the clock and been like depressed anyway. I'm just like, oh, oh, okay. Dude. <laughs> never in my social life. Yeah, I know. It's You never see it coming. Dude, one of my favorite, like just, I have this memory of this guy and this I was at stayed at a night in this pub in um London once and I I was just chilling in the pub with this Canadian girl that was staying there as well. And there was this they're all just alcoholics in the bar and this British guy at one point he was just like on the edge of tears and he's just wearing this polo and he's like because i fucking hate bullies mate because i was bullied because i fucking hate bullies and i'm like dude this guy's a fucking sensitive soul jesus christ and then i clock back in half an hour later and he just i just hear him go mate and it's the blacks they teach them all to talk like that the fucking blacks i'm like dude men contain multitudes jesus christ dude poppy guys (laughs) they every englishman in the world needs to like go to therapy for at least three years by the government or some shit I don't know they're all struggling so hard dude me and Maka were in Vietnam and we were chatting to this uh this pommy guy who like ran the Halong Bay booze cruise mm. mate this guy his name was Gav I think he was he was like all over the shop like <laughs> I love it all over the shop alcoholic British man overseas dude I swear to god I'm not making this up he gave like a 10 minute speech on how Halong Bay was one of the most one of the seven natural wonders of the world. And like no littering, like everything yeah. we take in, we take out. Beautiful. But the thing is, mate, palms don't respect the environment. Absolutely not, bro. No. And so literally like two hours later, he's on his sixth beer. He crushes this can and just pegs it off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> and then he spent like the next three days trying to root everyone, even though it was like 38. Mm, yeah, um, I'll do that as well. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's his business. I don't want to blame the pommy people for that. No. But then he was a he was a character, this bloke. He said he used to play uh for Preston uh football. Mm. And then when we asked him a bit more about it, he said it was under elevens. <sighs> um but then, dude, the funniest one was when we got back to Hanoi, 
we were, we went and got lunch with him one day. He was, he was actually a mad bloke in pockets. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. When he was on, he was on. When, and when he was off, he was off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, he goes, uh, he goes, he goes, mate, I fucking love it here. Love it. Vietnam, so beautiful. And then he goes, I fucking love it here, mate. And then he just turns, like his eyes sort of turn another shade and he goes, but I fucking hate the Vietnamese, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, how can you separate the two? He's like, I love Vietnam, but I fucking hate the people. Oh, they seem so innately together. And he lived there. And also, it's like the the best thing about the funniest thing, like about Vietnam, is the Vietnamese people are like the sickest cunts in the world. They're by far the friendliest in Southeast Asia. Oh, they're so funny, so friendly, dude. Dude, um, old Vietnamese ladies found my friend Eddie so funny. They just laugh at his face in front of him. Oh, really? One time I was like looking for him. I was like, did a little friend come here? And they go, mm, little boy with blue eyes, no shoes. I'm like, yeah. They go, ha ha. Just start laughing about the, his presence. I'm like, dude, yes. They're the best. <laughs> Fucking oath. Anyway, mate, I got one more thing I want oh, to just he, say. Here's what- a good British overseas quote. I was in a Greek, um, like a Greek cafe on like this island waiting for a ferry I mean, there's this kind of just like um, geezer sitting behind us and I can hear him talking and he just goes, yeah, I just want normal ham and normal fucking cheese toasted. And if they don't want to fucking do it, I'm going to make a fuss. (laughs) God bless Great Britain. Dude, who's getting these these ham and cheese toasties that are too fancy? (laughs) That's unbelievable. But I understand. I understand needing just needing your comfort food, mate. Yeah, just Greek food, disgusting. Ham and cheese, toasty, perfect. Play it on. Um, anyway, mate, we actually had a send-in I wanted to run past you. Um, Andrew Tate. Now, well, co- the Cobra, Andrew Tate. Is he out of prison? We haven't had a... Uh, we haven't I, think had a- he's, I think he's in, under house arrest now. Oh, okay. Mate, but forever in the manosphere, so he's free. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing is he might be physically detained, mm. but he is free of the Matrix. Exactly. So, Cobra Tate. Yeah. So, the Cobra, mate, he's just tweeted this out the other day. And one of the lads um, has sent this through Mm. and said that he'd love to hear your take. (laughs) Okay. So, this is from Cobra Tate, the the, the King Cobra. Avoid women who go to festivals. They're either on some loser's table who's feeding them cocaine or in a crowd of sweaty peasants because they're a sweaty peasant. Endless Instagram stories screaming and having quote-unquote fun to prove to the world they're worthless. Hard pass, festy hose. Who has hurt you, Mr. Tate? Who has hurt you? We've all fallen in love at Falls Festival, brother. We've all hooked up with a chick at Falls and thought maybe it was something. (laughs) Jesus Christ. He's just gotten triggered by Coachella because that happened recently. Oh, probably, yeah. Mm. I don't know, but this quote-unquote fun, could you unpack that for me, mate? Yeah, mate. Do you think... think Hot chicks are pretending to have fun at festivals. He seems to think that hot chicks pretend to do anything. That <laughs> I doing. know. He seems to n- not really believe that women find inherent value in anything except pretending to do things for image, which is ironically what he does the whole time. His whole thing's like just image. Dude, I love the energy of just being suspicious of every woman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like you, you meet a chick, she's like, hi, Billy, how are you? I'm just like, <laughs> I'm not playing that game. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I really like rock climbing. 
climbing. I'm like, oh, you're some sort of rock climbing yeah. slut, are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, not everything involves their sexuality. You're allowed to yeah. have interest. Yeah, you probably just want to attract one of those rock rock climbing millionaires and just <laughs> suck his billion dollar dick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, some sort of pottery whore. I get it. I get it. Yeah. All for image, you fucking Instagram yeah. cunt. Yeah. Like, dude. Red shirt. You're trying to aggravate me with your red shirt? <laughs> It's like, what sort of what sort of woman is Andrew Tate going to like attract apart from possibly the worst women in the world looking for money? I know. Yeah. Mate, Jesus Christ. The poor man. I know, I know. But then it's weird because the, the, the Cobra himself, I feel like isn't his, like, sometimes he'll do this where it's like, you feel like the Cobra is all about just banging chicks mm. and banging chicks who want to sort of bang rich guys. And then he'll come out of nowhere and be like, "No festy hoes. I need, I need the real deal." Yeah, he's like his whole thing's like, "I need, I need a proper woman, I guess." But I'm gonna behave like so immorally that no one, I would never attract a proper woman. Yeah, I kind of get that a bit. It's very confusing. I'd love to know how much sex Mister Tate's been having. I would love to get his actual. That would be a really good tweet if he said, "This is actually the amount of women I've had sex with this year." <laughs> what do you think it would be? I don't know. He's like, I guess he's running a cam girl site. So, also, I guess he is literally on house arrest for sex trafficking. Yeah. So yeah. we'd have to say they've got to be above board roots, mate. We can't have any n- nothing where Romanian money has changed hands. Yeah, mate. I would just love the day to day, dude. I would love it if I went to Splendor this year. Book me, book me for Splendor in the Grass. <laughs> Dude, I would love it if I went to Splendor in the Grass and you just see like Lizzo's up and Andrew Tate's just on mushrooms hooking up with some chick. And I'm like, ah, Cobra, you love it. Be a man. And you're like, aren't you like a podcaster? <laughs> Brother, I'm a podcaster too. It's all good. We work in the, we're trying to work in the media. Dude, I would love it if, yeah, like Ruby Fields was playing and Cobra Tate's just at the front. <laughs> well, she's hands in the air. I think we can all agree that Ruby Fields is beautiful enough that even Andrew Tate would get around it. Dude, I would love to see... It's, I would love to see Cobra Tate sitting there just trying to look boss with a cigar at, while Ruby Fields plays and then you just eventually see him tapping a toe. <laughs> <laughs> she is cute, isn't she, mate? She is cute. She, there's something about... Yeah, that nose ring's doing a bit for you, isn't it, Cobra Tate? <laughs> Dinosaurs comes on. You just see him just stand up. You're like, He's like, oh, God, what's she doing? <laughs> it's a chick- He's never seen a chick in a five panel before. Yeah. <laughs> it's adorable. It's adorable. <laughs> Dude, fuck it, Oath. That would be a great crossover couple. Ruby Fields and Cobra Tate. <laughs> Cobra Tate. <laughs> she loves this alpha energy. Yeah. <laughs> Ruby Fields is like, yeah, dude, I was just kind of getting sick of like fucking guitarists. <laughs> and the Cobra, Cobra Tate, he's, he's about that life, you he's, know? He's a real man. <laughs> he's a real man. <laughs> That's so funny. All right. Um, oh, true. But- we should get famous. We could meet Ruby Fields. That would be I, great. I very rarely find inspiration to be genuinely famous, but sometimes when there's a beautiful woman involved, I'm like, oh, true, I could meet them. I thought the only reason we were pursuing comedy was to uh, potentially get with Triple J singers. <laughs> I just don't want to wake up early. Yeah, okay. All that, right. That's my main thing. I thought we were all chasing bass players. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> we should find some bass players. Where are the bass players? <laughs> Book me for Splendor. <laughs> all right. Um, we're about to run out of batteries, but right, uh, 
Dude, Wollongong, me and Rowan are coming down the highway this Saturday. Bup, up, up. True, the gong. I the love gong. the gong. Dude, I love the, the gong. The second steel city. The second steel city. I love it. Catch you there. Rowan, take us out. Uh, what am I supposed to be taking? Oh, goodbye, everyone. Great stuff. There it is. <laughs> That's podcasting, brother. Long live Cobra Tape.